Welcome to Evolution Business Development. I'm Isis Latham, your host. And it's my great pleasure today to be able to introduce you to Bill Kirst. As I was just sharing some of my own personal stories about this person and how he's impacted both my, my business life, my personal life, and our family life, it's really a pleasure to get to share him with you now. Uh, Bill, when we got talking about you coming here today, I asked you the question, what is your area of passion? And I loved your answer. And I'm actually going to read it off here just because I don't want to miss any of these important pieces. Bill says, Bill's passion lies in creativity and innovation with topics ranging from podcasts to generative AI. He's a creative writer, a storyteller, and a polyglot having studied six languages during his international travels. Well, I love it when I get to learn a new word. I'd never heard polyglot before. Um, so Bill, how did you, uh, all of the experiences you've had, all the passions you have and share with the world, what caused you to share those specific ideas with me? And feel free to just take one or take all, however you want to introduce us to you. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate it, Isis. And <laughs> thanks again for the invite. And it's great to connect with the community again. Um, and yeah, you know, when you sent me over those questions, I I did what you just kind of walked us through, which was before I jump into an answer, let me take a moment and sort of set an intention. And that intention was, how do I want to empower others in this discussion? So I was very selective about the passions that I listed, the first one being creativity. And the reason I chose that one is because I believe that every single one of us is a creator, a creative, if you will. And the challenge, I think, is that we always bump up against this imposterism. And I'm intentionally not calling it imposter syndrome, because when we use the word syndrome, that brings up this sense of something that is not curable, that is not solvable, right? It is something that we have to carry with us for the rest of our life. But an ism is something we can work on. So for me, I like to grant people permission to reintroduce themselves to their inner creative. And it's from that place that I think innovation stems because you know, you have to be imaginative, you have to dream you have to daydream in order for new ideas to come forth. And part of the reason I strung that together with things like storytelling and podcasting and generative AI is because we're in this really interesting time right now where the human spirit is a little bit challenged by things like ChatGPT and Firefly from Adobe and Dolly 2. These are all generative AI tools and features that allow you to create very quickly. But the question always comes up, is it your creation? It might be your prompt, but is it truly your creation? And then that introduces all sorts of questions and conversations around copyright and ownership and personal agency. And so when I think about, as you described, the hallways and boardrooms and schoolrooms I've had the opportunity to walk through, at the heart of every challenge I've ever had to navigate or help people along is this sense of, can I be my entire self? Can I bring my ideas to the world? 
And will the world see me, recognize me, and celebrate me? And I think the pace of change that we're all going through right now, that is a question that is that is really heavy on the hearts of every individual. And I think it's incumbent among people like you and me and communities like yours to create space for that question, sit with it, and come up with not just answers, but a lot more questions. When you spoke about the creativity, it, it dinged in my own head and brought about the memory that I felt it was really important at different points in my career as a financial advisor to share with people that I got my start here because of the experience of getting really creative. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, don't confuse creative with, you know, something that's, that's wrong or like, like you can't be creative with numbers. You can't be creative with finance. Of course you can. The creative brain starts to look at things differently. And I became a seamstress in the interim so that I could find my creativity, get back to who I really was, and then step into a new career. Well, the other piece of that, that language that you used, creativity, creation, was that one of my fears when I first started hearing about AI was that it wouldn't be me. Right. And then I thought, oh, it's only answering my questions. That's yes. all it's doing. And so I have the choice to be able to decide, am I happy with my own language? but I just would like something to give me a really proper grammatical spell check (laughs) Mm -hmm. or am I looking for it to remake? And so I thought that was really, that was really interesting how you walked us through that just now of opening up. What is it that we want to be? And then how do we want to use these tools? So how are you using this in your day-to-day life right now to be authentic, to be creative, to, uh, maybe prompt versus um, versus do for you. Right. It's a it's a great question, and it's certainly something that I think a lot of people are asking themselves each and every day because there's new there's new capabilities every day. There's new features that are released every day. So if I step back and think about how I'm using generative AI in my day to day, you know, some people might think, "Oh, you're a creative writer, so maybe." Maybe you're starting in a place like ChatGPT to come up with ideas, but actually I'm not because one of the things I find really unique is I see the world through a songwriter's eyes. And what I mean by that is when I move through the world, I kind of always have these soundtracks of music in my head and lyrics running through my head and it's very poetic and lyrical. And there's something unique about me And that gift that I was granted, that talent that I was given divinely, that I don't want to replace. So I don't turn to ChatGPT to come up with things like poetry or lyricism for me. That's uniquely mine, and that will forever be my everprint, my fingerprint on the world. However, I do look at things like Dolly 2, Microsoft Designer, Canva is a tool I use quite a bit. Many in your community know about Canva, MidJourney and now Adobe's Firefly Beta, these are all tools that allow you to essentially take what you would have as almost like a text prompt in your head, a single line, type it in, and it will generate a scene for you, a visual creation of what you're thinking or imagining. And for me, 
one of the things I really liked about that is it takes my mind to a place that I otherwise wouldn't get to with colors and imagery and scenery. And it ends up being a tool in my toolbox for inspiration. So in the podcasting world, you know this, uh, Isis, as you know, I've, I've had a number of members of your community on the podcast, and I'm so grateful for that. And also have had, you know, Jason, your husband on the podcast, and it was certainly one of my favorite episodes. But the other part I do is it's not just about the audio. I also create episode artwork that is very unique to the not only the discussion, but the relationship between me as the host and the guest that is on and the listeners. And I'm starting to see through tools like Canva, where it can use AI to sort of infuse a potential look or feel or template. And again, all of those are suggestions. Like you said, Isis, nothing to me feels um, like rigid. Nothing feels like it's um, a compliance piece. I just say, okay, tell me what, tell me what you think, what might look good based on these core elements of what I'm trying to visually depict. And it will suggest things. And because the human mind is by, by nature limited, you think that you've thought through every iteration and every color palette and every possible, you know, granularity. And, and that's just not possible. We, we are limited. Um, our brain, we must remember, is a meaning-making machine. It is always seeking out patterns, and it's always conserving oxygen. No judgment. That keeps us alive. That's wonderful. But because of that, we're limited in what we can see and do all at once. So where AI is helpful to me is it takes me to a place that I may not have gotten to on my own. And then I have choice. Again, go back to choice and agency. You're absolutely right. I have choice and agency as to whether... I integrate that or I build upon that or I accept that. And that's kind of where I use it in a day-to-day -day capacity as a creator. You know, you've heard all this in the news and the stories. We use AI in so many different ways. Every time we use Gmail or email or whatever, like your point, it'll suggest the rest of the sentence. That sort of suggestive language, that large language model piece is kind of interesting to me. Um, I think one of the pieces that I am very reticent about is... I will say I will never author an entire article from a from something like ChatGPT or Bing Chat. I feel very powerful in the ability to write and convey my thoughts in a compelling way. Um, now, I might use it to say, what other research can I do on this topic? Right. Because, again, it's kind of like going to the library. I could go to the library in a beautiful, quaint, small town, and it's got so many you know, resources. But imagine if I was sitting in that beautiful small town and only had so many resources and I opened up the the realm of the world that is chat GPT, you know, four, four point five. All of a sudden, my access to knowledge has greatly expanded. And to your point, then I can ask a more powerful question. So that's how I use it in the day to day. And naturally, in my world of technology, I see it coming multiple times a day iterations. And, and there's a lot out there in terms of how it's helping healthcare, certainly education. You have children, right? You have children at school. It's a fascinating discussion I've had with my nephews and nieces. There are teachers that say students cannot use this. And then there are students who actually say, I've reached 
a problem over and over and over again, and I cannot figure out how to uh, get around that problem. And so they turn to something like OpenAI's ChatGPT just to ask a question how to see the problem a different way. Now, it's not doing the work for them, but it's helping them see it a different way. And by doing that, they're able to overcome that problem. To me, that's augmented. That's not replacing. And to, I think that's a wonderful thing. But again, I'm not I'm not a parent. I don't have children in school systems. So it's a larger discussion that the parents like you and educators are having as well. I see it and I, I, I hear that concept and I see the the activity of it. And I think how wonderful we're we're giving two things in that in that scenario. We're giving the child the opportunity to take control of their mm-hmm. own education and say, I I choose a different path. Uh, and I want to utilize the tools that are available to me. And then the other thing there, and I can I can see the flip side of it that if you have an if you have an educator who is feeling a little insecure in yes. their position, uh, they look at it and say that child just accessed another teacher. Correct. And 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 now it's human nature to become fearful. And so I think that. It, what the work that you're doing of educating people and having these conversations and allowing people to view it from different angles is really, really important. One of the things that I've always respected about you so much, Bill, is that you can view something and express opinions and thoughts and ask questions. And you seem to do it from a place of non-judgment. Not many people really can do that from my my personal experience. What did you do in your life to get closer to that? I love the question. And it reminds me the power of approaching things with childlike wonder. Mm-hmm. And part of what really has been interesting, and I'll come back to this question in a minute. I just don't want to lose this thought because it, it came to me right as you asked the question. The people that are most successful in using these tools of generative AI are the people that have the most powerful um, responsive prompts in any of those tools I mentioned, the creative tools or the large language model tools. When they stop and they write the prompt as if it was spoken by a child, they get better results. And that is a fascinating, fascinating fact to me. Because if you think about all of us here, remember our childhood. And again, we saw the world without judgment. We saw the world from a place of curiosity. We interacted with people from a place of genuine connection. And I know you feel this, Isis, as you know, as as your, you know, as your husband does as well. We feel so called to protect that innocence and that light and that spirit of of children and they also have a lot to teach us right i remind people sometimes if you've ever been on a plane and you watch a family come on or a child come onto a plane for the first time maybe they're a toddler a couple years old you watch them look around and see things for the first time and what does it do you you can't help but be sort of touched and brightened by that moment because you remind you're reminded of the ingenuity of flight. You listen to a child look out the window during takeoff. And and these are things that as, as adults, we have, we've gotten so used to and um, judgmental about that we've 
we've forgotten what it's like to sort of dance in that um in that reminder of how incredible life is without judgment and sometimes people achieve that through mindfulness and meditation other people achieve it through spending time with children with young people these are these bright beautiful minds that remind us what unconditional love is because they experience it every day so when you ask the question about how do i stay close to that i think part of it is that i surround myself with these young brilliant ambassadors in life who remind me of how how beautiful the world could be the other piece i do is i always reserve a lot of space and power for curiosity i believe that the only way we can solve the world's biggest problems is to first approach it from a place of curiosity and that means i have to resist the urge to solve i mean i'm a consultant and a strategist and a storyteller by nature trust me when i say i initially want to jump in and say if someone's got a problem i want to help them but I have to discern the difference between meeting them in a place of curiosity and solving the problem for them. And I think that's also where all of these tools of AI come in, because when people say, where would you rather spend your time in understanding how these tools work? I would put much more power and effort into using childlike wonder prompts to imagine a world we can live in versus you know forcing a solution into the world of people who I claim to understand but not really because I've never walked in their shoes and ultimately what that comes down to is is empathy for me i i was raised by two brilliant minds who said you know what you're going to see the world we're going to learn languages we're going to um taste cuisines, we're going to learn cultures, we're going to be uncomfortable, we're going to remember that out of discomfort comes the greatest learnings. And we're never going to forget the power of human connection. And I think that's how I stay close to these capacities, capabilities. And um, I, I don't know if they'd be I call them gifts is what I call them. They are. Well, and I think a gift we naturally <clears throat> excuse me, a gift we naturally want to hold, treasure, cherish, but we also want to show it off and right. say, look, take, take a look at this. This, this is a gift. And then we start to tell the story about how it occurred and how it, how it lives with us. And we want to share that with others. Um, it makes me want to ask you, you, you've done 124 episodes now. Mm -hmm. or coffee and change what's a story or a, a guest and I know you can't have a favorite that's not possible sure. it'd be like <laughs> asking me do you, which which of your children is your favorite I yeah. <laughs> um so tell us a story that comes to mind as I ask you to look at you know 124 episodes what's a story yeah. that you'd like to share with us today yeah, so obviously it is hard to to pick one, but but I would probably say that there's a theme or sort of a collection of stories that always sort of rises to the top for me, and and these are sort of um, sprinkled across different stories and guests. But that theme and that story that I always feel really compelled to share has a lot to do with 
um, kind of two things. One is finding your voice. And the second is discovering your roots. And so in particular, there's 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 one uh, guest who's been on um, the podcast twice now. Um, his name is Julio Alvarez. And the reason I can share his name is because the first podcast he ever went on was my podcast. And he was very nervous. He It was also the first time he'd really put his voice and his story out to the world. Um, it was an incredible episode and really powerful for many reasons. And I invited him back a year later to reflect and see where he was, you know, a year later. And obviously with the past couple of years that we've had in the world, a year has been almost like a decade for each of us. So there was a lot of growth in that year. And it was incredible to reconnect and see the chrysalis that this person had gone through. And to know that I created that opportunity for that particular person to grow and excel and step into his own voice. And now fast forward a year beyond that, and he's actually created his own platform and he's helping millions of people. And I think I think of that particular instance where I do see this as a platform to help people find their voice and use their voice to change the world. So that's part, that's kind of the first theme. The second one is, is discover your roots. I believe very strongly that each of us, um, because we come from generations of storytellers and, and, and clan and tribes of people from all parts of the world, it's in that storytelling where we try and find out truly, who am I? It's a question that all of us sit with and we think it's pretty transactional, but it's not. It's it's revolutionary to sit with that question, who am I? Because a lot of stuff comes up. And a lot of people don't know how to begin that journey of discovering who you are. And I think two words came up for me as part of a theme of this platform, and that was ancestral pilgrimage. So granting yourself the permission to go back and understand who you are and who influenced you how you see the world and why based on your uh, ancestry. And my brother, my youngest brother, I'm one of six kids. Uh, he, This is one of his passions. And I had him on the podcast. Uh, and it was a long discussion. So we broke it into two episodes. And he recounted an ancestry pilgrimage that he did for my family. And he went back to Germany and Ireland. And I share this because... There were so many things that I learned in that discussion, that he learned in that discussion, and more importantly, our entire family learned in that discussion. And it's still healing. Years later, this discussion, this um, gift is healing cousins and aunts and uncles and friends of family. And it's also giving people permission to say, seek out and understand where you come from. Because it's like a puzzle, right? It, it, for all of us, we have parts and pieces of it, but the more you can understand why you're you you are so unique in this world, the more that you can take take decisions and make decisions that uh, allow you to follow your purpose and passion. So those two things, you know, finding your voice and the discovering your roots, seem to be two themes that I'm really proud of. That anytime anyone listens to a, a an episode within that 
realm, they come back to me and they say, I feel completely transformed. Thank you. Well, I have to share with you before we wrap up that I actually, the second you said Julio, I said, oh, let's go with Julio. Yeah. <laughs> I, wa- I just recently in the past week since we decided we were going to have you on that I, I just listened to that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was lovely hearing you speak with him because I could hear you experiencing your own journey through yeah. the process of talking to him as well. And I think sometimes we as the host or we as the facilitator or the teacher or the leader, um, I think that people forget that we're experiencing the journey as well. Absolutely. That is a very powerful reminder. And that's probably why this has been such incredible work for me is this platform is a companion to me. I learn, I've learned more in the course of from 2017 to 2023 about myself through the stories of others, that this never feels like work. Because at the end of each episode, at the end of each discussion, at the end of each editing session that I do, I say to myself, what an incredible book of knowledge I have access to. And I go on walks with these episodes. And just when I think I've learned everything about myself as a host or myself as a human, I'm reminded I haven't. And what better feeling is that? Like we're never done. Um, we're always learning. And that brings me back to that level of curiosity, that childlike wonder. Imagine if I can walk down the same trail I walk every day, but with new pair of eyes or a new pair of ears to hear things differently. And I'm so grateful to the guests who have shared their stories with me because it's that that's what it does for me. It gives me that newfound sight, hearing, senses, so I can do sense-making in the world. It's a, It's an incredibly... There's no currency that comes close to it. What a fantastic conversation today. I want to thank all of you for participating, for getting to have the behind the scenes opportunity to hear from the podcaster themselves, right? In this environment, we got to learn how the storytelling all happens. So we want to thank you, Bill Kirst, for being with us. Be sure you check out Coffee and Change. And uh, we will be meeting now in our mastermind. And you're welcome to attend any Evolution Business Development noon Eastern time uh, and be a part of the conversation. Thank you.